Hello, Diary listeners. This is Always Take the Leap, part one of our time with Sam Barber, a carpenter by trade and a member of the Minnesota Vixen football team. Welcome to the Apprenticeship Diaries, where raw meets refined. Let's be real, we're still working on refined. <laughs> what it took, what it takes, and the stories that are made. Join us as we learn from professionals about how their stories begin. Listeners, welcome today. We're meeting with Sam Barber. Uh, she's actually a member of the Vixens uh, football team in uh, Minnesota, correct? It's a Minnesota Women's Football League, and she's also a skilled carpenter as well. So uh, we're meeting with you today mostly because, and I will say, I when I heard about the football team, I'm going to come right out because I'm going to get Charlie later. Charlie um, uh, Barber Cook is also on my list. But awesome. uh, when I heard about both of you and the team, I was like, I gotta, I gotta support you guys just for spite. And I'm going to be very honest because <laughs> I had, I had this, um, this ex-boyfriend and I got into it with his grandmother's boyfriend at Thanksgiving over this specific issue. He was telling me that it's what you're born with that no passion at all determines a person's fate. It's their skills and their attributes. And he was like, and women can't play football. Like, and, and they can't play it with men. And I was like, the fuck? Yes, they can. I was like, what? maybe not all of them. And maybe it's the outlier that could, but. Well, that's, that's where weight classes would yeah. definitely have, because like, she's a wide receiver. Yeah. I was a linebacker. She came across the middle and I hit her. She would turn into dust. <laughs> <laughs> Vaporize <Yeah>. immediately. <laughs> like how much, if you don't mind me asking, how much do you weigh? <clears throat> um. So sad story. I, uh, I, when I started football, I was, uh, I was like 175, 180 as a, as a receiver. And that was, that was big for females. Um, yeah. and then COVID happened and I stopped going to the gym so much and I lost all my muscle. And now I'm sitting at like 155, 160. Um, so I, if, if a linebacker hits me, it hurts much more. Oh yeah. Like I'm <laughs> definitely a bigger hit. So yeah. yeah. Weight class that I'm 240. So like, you the the two can mix, but that's where weight classes would definitely have to come into. Yeah, you know. yeah, absolutely. There's uh, we actually played. This is just going off of that weight comment. Um, there we play a team, um, Arlington, Texas, and um, Ooh, Texans. There was they they hit. I'll tell you that they they can definitely hit. Uh, and they they won't hold back on anything, which you have to appreciate as a female football player too. Um. But this past year, I actually broke my face because <sighs> I came through the middle of the field and they, they like trapped my arms down. And like when she swung me around, I didn't have anything to catch myself except oh, for me. No. I just smashed my face and I like broke a bone up here. And then I, my Your nose face was, still looks great. I mean. Oh, thank you. <laughs> y'all, y'all are wearing um, the helmets? Yeah, I was wearing a helmet, but it was such an impact that like the forehead part of the helmet like the Ooh. that paper that holds the face mask, like got punched in, and my nose was just bleeding, and I was like, "That freaking hurt!" And I'm like, "Oh, <laughs> fours!" And like blood is just coming out of my nose, and 
my teammates were like, Sam, sit still, sit still. I was like, uh uh-huh. I was like, something's broken. Like, something's going <laughs> <laughs> So everybody's like calming me down and like, like the, the doctors come out and they're like, oh yeah, let's get her a rag. Put the rag on my face. We get off the field. They shove these things into my nose to make the bleeding stop. And I run out and it looks like I have tampons in my nose. Yeah. It was, it was I was like, let's go. I was like, they I'm, I'm willing to take it. I'm sorry to laugh at you. I hate when they make you hold your head back. You're laughing at it. I love it. Dude, you're, it's your attitude. You're just like, this is what fucking happened. <laughs> yep, yep. My face is bleeding, but I want to keep playing. So, yeah. no, it's that. I mean, that's that was my whole thing with this argument, honestly, was because there's just been too many things that have defied his logic that I'm like, that have nothing to do with anything logical. It's all heart. It's all heart, man. I was like, Sea Biscuit. It was a horse that never. No, nobody thought could run like that. And it was just fucking heart. Spud Webb yeah. made, made yeah. national football league or not football, um, basketball team and everything like mm-hmm. guys pull like tractors with their dick. I mean, like you're, I'm not saying everyone should and that everybody yeah. will, but it can happen. Don't tell me. Yeah. <laughs> like, right. I've seen too much. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I guess if, if you're not thinking about it, it won't hurt right away. It's like yeah. the same thing with like lifting yeah. weights, football. Like if you just keep going, it won't hurt. Yeah. 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 It's, it's the love, mm-hmm. man. But it's I don't know love. about the tractor pulling thing. Like yeah. that's pretty insane. Well, I mean, would snap you have the heart though. I'm not pulling <laughs> any of my tits either. I'm going to tell you, I'm sure yeah. these puppies could handle it, but I'm not doing it. <laughs> but we're not going to test that theory. <laughs> no. But if I wanted to. Yeah. Put, yeah. And I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't appreciate his viewpoint. So that's why I'm here. I, I mean, I'm, I'm going to be real, but already I'm so happy that my spite led me to you because you're awesome already. I dig you. <laughs> I, I've been so excited about this since it has been brought up. I'm like, this is cool. I'm like, and you're yeah. from, you said Maryland. Uh huh. Yeah. I'm like for this to get that, that big. Cause yeah, like, we hit the radio this year. Um, there's like a radio channel. Uh, it's called K fan. And we actually got on it this year because the guys, it's like a talk show. So like they're talking about how, yeah, Minnesota doesn't have any successful sports and they're just like talking shit. And then all of a sudden somebody was like, Hey, what about the women's sports? Because like the Minnesota Lynx, the basketball team, they also have like back-to-back championships and like killing it every year and then somebody brought up the minnesota uh vixen and that was like a opening for us because they were like the minnesota vixen who's that i'm like i think it's like 24 seasons now which is mind-blowing to most because you're just hearing about it right Mm -hmm. and so like to me it's like really cool that like it hit k fan because that's big a lot of people listen to that Right. Um, and then for you guys to be in Maryland, like, I think that's amazing. And the team that, cause we went to the championship last year, the women's super bowl, as some would say, um, yeah. awesome. and that's we awesome. played against, we played against Boston. Um, and they, I thought, I thought they at least would have been heard about on the East coast, you know, cause they, it was, it's been a big deal. Have you guys heard about them? No. Boston Renegades? No. I'm not, I'm not, I don't even know anything about 
football. So like, I'm going to be real. <laughs> That's fine. But as a, as a football player, Rico, have you? No. You haven't seen, and that's mind blowing because the biggest part about it was they they got flown to the championship in Ohio by the Patriots. So Whoa. like that Damn. is a huge thing for women's football for us for like for women to be noticed by the NFL and for them to get like you know some type of a perk from the NFL was like I thought that was absolutely incredible. A lot of people are like a little salty about it that we didn't get anything from the Vikings, but like. I'm still thinking about like that, the baby step of like, at least a team was recognized. Right. And um, so like that, I thought that at least would have got word Again, out. That's your great attitude. You know, like that. Um, well, and you know, that's well, wait till people start betting on women's yeah. football and that shit will I, blow up like a yeah. motherfucker. <laughs> I have heard that too. Yeah. Seriously, yeah. man. We were just talking about um, uh, snatch that, that movie and, and, you know, like, you know, um brawling fights on the street and stuff like that i mean that's yeah. like the basis of that movie is really around i mean yeah. it's salty as shit but it you know wait yeah. wait until they see all your passion and faces getting broken and shit they're gonna get really into it right <laughs> <laughs> how much we love it <laughs> i mean i mean i uh i mean that's that's the premise of this podcast um because everybody hears from podcasts where somebody has already arrived. And, you know, in my experience of listening to podcasts, it's, I appreciate those conversations. I like them because I'm curious. Mm -hmm. However, not enough of them. I feel like dip back enough, far enough about how they got to where they are and not enough of them. I think really cater to the person who's kind of still stuck in the shit and still like, um, you know, trudging along. They've got all the heart, like, and sometimes like when I'm hearing those people, I have to turn them off because it, it almost paralyzes me because I'm like, I feel like there's so much I have to do and so much that I'm not that I, I almost get too daunted by the magnanimous thing that, that they have achieved and what I want. And so it's kind of like, it's, it's a little crippling. So what I wanted to do is give voice to the middle players, like the people who are doing things very successful in their own right, but are not getting the kind of recognition or airtime that is afforded them by their efforts. And for letting people know to have a very realistic Standard. It's kind of like how women compare themselves to models on on magazines and stuff. Yeah. It's like, dude, first of all, it's not real. Second mm-hmm. of all, not these hopefully. people have this is their whole life. They're 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 literally a model. Their job mm-hmm. is that their image. Mm-hmm. That's not your job. For you to compare yourself to that person is highly inappropriate yeah, and insightful. for lunch. Right, right, and he's like, it's not even what I consider hot. <laughs> no, I mean, like, see, some of them they're so damn skinny, like, and they're like, have no energy, and they'll like pass out on the catwalk. Yeah, yeah, and you're like, eat a beat a burger. I'm like, do something. A dollar menu, just go. You can do it. You're gonna love it. I promise. <laughs> it's it's wild for man. real. But th- but that's the thing, though, right? Like, um. <clears throat> It, that position deserves its respect because these people have certainly sacrificed to have that look and that that job and all those things. But if that isn't your job and if that's not what you're striving for, then then be realistic with yourself. And that's why I really wanted to have this podcast so that people could listen to something that was 
kind of self-validating to let them know that they're doing great, that, that everybody has their story. They have their journey that, that this is, and, and we all kind of should celebrate that and give ourselves a very nice pat on the back for, you know, what we've done because it's a lot and it's not to be negated. Um, and we all have a lot to give one another that we might not necessarily understand that we have to give. Um, mm-hmm. So already what you've given as far as like, you know, women's football and and bringing attention to this, I, I jumped on it immediately because I was like, Dude, this needs this needs support for one. Two, I think it's really fucking dope. Um, hey, are you guys like cracking the shit out of each other when you're when you're? Um, we so we we just started practice um, in Jan- in January. I think it was the second week of January, and so we don't have pads on yet. We because like no, I'm, just, I'm talking about during the games, not during practice. Oh, oh, <laughs> oh! Hey, do do they throw a lot of flags? Do they throw a lot of flags? Uh. I feel like there's a lot that are missed, but um, I wouldn't say it's just like a game of penalties. No, it's not because I feel like if, because like, you know, you watch the NFL and like every time somebody like tackles, like there's like, Oh, laundry all over the field. But if you guys are rocking each other and they're letting you guys get away with it, I see women's football taking off because people want the violence. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. People want the but, violence. And if you guys are doing that, then I, I will like, everybody will want to see that. hundred percent. No, there's definitely, there's definitely some really big hits and we have an incredible, like we're lucky. We have so much. I, I don't even want to say lucky. We're not lucky. We're talented. We have so much talent across the board, offense, defense. Our coaches are so passionate and like we, everybody just like, works really well together. And we have some people on the D line that let me tell you, there's somebody, we call her red. Okay. And she is 49 years old. Damn. 49. She is a grandmother and she is. Y'all got the lunch lady. (laughs) She is so badass. I wish I could. I wish I could. I I, I don't know. Other than watching some type of a game fell from you. She's so badass and she makes people want to run from their oh, lives. You're like, like, like get out of her way because she will pancake you. She will hit you so hard. I, my very first experience with football, it was my, our first game and it was against Madison, Wisconsin. She went through that line so hard and she got that quarterback. And I really didn't think that quarterback would ever stand up again. And I was, cause I was like, I was like, why did you not start running away? Like, first of all, when you saw, when you saw red come and you run, but she didn't. And she took a hit and I'm pretty sure she was concussed because she was on the ground for a minute. (laughs) Jesus, She didn't play the rest of the game, but she, she did get up from that. So that already was surprising in itself, but there are some some hits in this game that, uh, that are fantastic and really fun to see. And as long as everybody gets up safely, like that's, that's the most important part that they don't let you like blindside anybody. Um, and the, the rules are like the same as college. Yeah. So it's not the same as the NFL. It's the same as college. And, um, it's yeah, college. I got more passion. Yeah. Mm, they keep, they keep it safe. Yeah. Well, my, my, 
So one thing, that's what Laura said at Weirding Society. Laura introduced me. She came in and she's like, you know, there's a football team. And she was talking to Jordan. And she's like, hey, can we sponsor them? Because I think it'd be really cool. And I was like, hey, I kind of got a passion project that I would love to, like, sponsor these ladies with, too. Here's 50 bucks. And, uh, yeah, put me in contact. But she said, she was like, they actually hit harder, I think, than most guys at times. And and also I thought about my dad. My dad growing up was a triathlete and very athletic. And um, he always used to watch college basketball. And I was like, dad, why don't you ever watch, you know, the NBA? And he was like, I don't dig it. He's like, there's not enough passion. Like they, they don't play with their heart. Mm-hmm. And, um, so I, I think that this is going to be big and I, I just wanted to cheer you guys on. Cause if there's anything I can be in this life, a professional cheerleader is what I aim to be. Hell yeah. Um, That's awesome. but you're, you're cool as shit. And I, I'm curious about both things. I'm curious about one, the carpentry and then two, you know, football, like how did both like come about, but you take whatever lead on whatever subject you want to go for first, and then we'll okay. just spin off. <laughs> Fantastic. Yeah. Um, well, I guess it, I guess it would start with, um, on football because it's always been a favorite sport of mine. And, uh, as, as a female, I didn't necessarily have the opportunity to play. Um, I know that our high school coach wanted me to play. Um, but I played volleyball and basketball and I, I knew I wouldn't go anywhere for football. Right. Like, yeah. There's not women's college football. So like, I know my mom wouldn't have allowed that. I was very injury prone as a child. And she's basically saying, I'm, I'm asking for it. If I go play football. Um, but, uh, I, my, my cousins um, had a big backyard and we would play football all the time. And when it snows as much as it does, I would be like, and my cousin was just this puny little thing. And now he's really big and strong. So we can't really talk about it because I'm like, you'll hurt me now. But I was always bigger as the little kid, you know? And, uh, I, I would just say, Hey, here, take the football. I'm going to, I'm going to freaking get you. So start running, you know? And and that's kind of, that's kind of how that started. And like, I just, I loved it. Um, all my neighbors, we always played football didn't get the opportunity in high school. Um, but I played semi semi pro basketball after college in St. Louis. And when, when I like was done with basketball, hung up the shoes. Um, I was like, I can't not play sports because like, sometimes people ask you like, what's, what's your purpose? You know, like what's, what's your purpose in life? And like, I, I truly believe because I, this might be like a negative thing. A lot of people say it's a negative thing towards myself, but I believe that I was put on this earth to play sports. Like that's the, I have. That's not negative. Why was that negative? That's awesome. <laughs> um, because I, I, that's what I, that's the only thing. And I can't do it forever or I'm going to not walk when this I'm 40. That. Hey, that's bullshit. Curling's a sport. No, no, that's not, that's not. Pickleball. I want to do pickleball. So yeah. bad. What's pickleball? Pickleball is what my dad did. Remember my dad did pickleball? No, what the hell is pickleball? Um, it's, well, it's, it's, like like squash. it's like really big ping pong and yes. small tennis. Yes. And small tennis, big ping pong. Yes. Perfect yes. way to. Yes. My oh, dad played nice. pickleball. Um, is it a ball or like a uh, thing? Like when you're playing badminton? It's it. It's like a wiffle ball, I think. Yeah, they've got like holes in them. And you have tennis rackets or badminton rackets? 
I think badminton, uh, or uh, it's not badminton. A bigger, it's a paddle. A bigger ping pong paddle. Yeah, it's a paddle. Oh, you got to look it up after this because I have a couple friends that play it too. It gets super golf, There's shuffleboard. Yeah. There's yeah. a whole bunch of litany of things, not to mention the fact that, like, if you get property at all, I mean, you live in Minnesota, first of all. Like, let's just talk about that. Yeah. Colder than a witch's tit. Um, <laughs> just. <laughs> Just navigating the landscape of that place is going to make you more brutish <laughs> and like fit than most people. Mm-hmm. But if you like cut wood, my dad stays in shape just by managing his properties. Like, yeah, that's how he yeah. I, I have that going for me too. Yeah. being a carpenter. I know that like, yeah. and the, I, I can say that that is like another purpose now because that is such a passion of mine. And like, I, I will admit that I'm a uh, workaholic is my girlfriend yeah. would say. Um, <laughs> and so like, I, I, I use that as a strength, I suppose too. Um, but the sports thing though, it's, um, I have like this, people tell me all the time, like, Oh, you're still athletic. Right. And like, I love it. I love that about, I love that my mom created that for me. Right. Um, yeah. but, uh, I, I, I don't know how else to put it other than like, that's, that's the one thing that I think that I have going for me that makes me who I am today. Because without that piece, I have no idea what I would have done at all in my life if I did not do sports. Yeah. Um, so going off of that, Oh, go ahead. Sorry. Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to add, I mean, it's the same as me in art, you know, like I, I eat, breathe and sleep that stuff. Like it is my atonement. It's the thing that connects me to the world. It's the thing that I am recognized for. It's the same, you know, like it's what people go, wow, you're an artist. Wow. You're, you're good at this. And, and it brings me so much joy and it's how I interact with the world. So I completely understand that. I don't think there's anything negative about that. And that's the way that you communicate best with the world is, is taking part in those things. I think that's awesome. It's also awesome because you're part of a team. There's lots of sports that are solitary that are, that don't require you to combine such, you know, efforts with other people, which I think is really cool about football and and other team sports is recognizing your position and how each player works and, and just the added level of ladies doing it together, because let's be real. I mean, we're not always the best to each other. (laughs) there are there are those days there definitely are those days we're like oh we're clashing today yeah (laughs) is it for you yep okay that makes sense (laughs) hormones are high (laughs) emotional today (laughs) no I I dig it I that all of that makes complete sense for me um well you know like so you didn't get to do that in school and transition into those things. You did play um, basketball for a while. Um, did you play basketball in college? What, how did that, like, what did you go to college for? Like, or did you go to college? I don't know. Um, sure. So no my, my, <laughs> this is awesome. my answer off of that is uh, it makes people giggle because um, it, it's a funny way of saying it, but it's so freaking true. I, I went to college for basketball. I went to nice play basketball as far as a degree goes that just came along with it you know I I mainly went for basketball yeah um 
Uh, I went to Winona State in Minnesota uh, for one year, and I had a full ride, but I didn't enjoy it. Yeah. Um, I knew I was behind a really good player, um, and so I, I knew I wasn't going to see the court much. But my coach would, my coach would tell me, "Hey, Sam, like, keep keep working hard. You're like this come this coming game or something. I see you playing a lot, right?" And I would bust my ass and I used to be addicted to working out. So like I would spend hours and hours and hours in the gym. And, um, when it comes to that game that he said I was gonna be playing a lot, I would never even take my warm up off. Uh, and then, so like it was, and then there was like a game where we were down by a lot. He put me in and like, I was, I, I felt very successful and like, he didn't think we were going to win, but now we're going into overtime and so I was like super, super excited because I also had very low self-esteem at that point. Like, like I didn't think I could do that. And then next thing you know, we're going into overtime. And and then I sat at the bench the whole overtime. And like, so like my, it, it got to me, it got to yeah. like my confidence. And I felt like I just couldn't do basketball anymore. Um, so I kind of went behind my mom's back. Uh, my mom is my best friend. Uh, she's the person that got me to where I am today. Um, but I I went behind her back and I dropped my full ride um, because I wanted to go play closer to home. And uh, so I, I went to a D3 school. And I played for three years at UW-Stevens Point um, where... I was much more successful just because of the coaches that I had. Yeah. They believed in me. They helped me uh, figure out schedules for school. They, they helped build my confidence back up to make me believe that like I can do it. It wasn't about um, winning. It was about a hundred percent. And to this day, yeah. to this day, I will always remember that. And they, they put such an impact on my heart because they were more concerned about like, Hey, you know, after, after like college, there's another thing that comes in life and like basketball is not always going to be there. You got to make sure you got your time management down. You got to get a degree and like all, all sorts of stuff. And if it weren't for them, I, I probably would have been like, screw that. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I, um, I ended up going three years there to finish out the four years for playing. Um, I ended up going a fifth year uh, to finish school. Um, and I got an award my senior year. Um, I, I, I hate, I hate talking about it, but it does take me to the next step in my life. Shout it out. Um, Come on. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I was the national player of the year for D3 basketball. So it, that was like one of the biggest things that's ever happened to me in my life. And I was like around like all the all the women basketball players and coaches that you like look up to and you're just like, all of a sudden you're in the same room with them and getting this award. And it was like the coolest experience and my coaches and my mom got to be there. And it was like the greatest thing that's ever happened. And then from there, I think because of that award, I got, um, I got this opportunity to try out for a semi-pro team in St. Louis. Um, wow. cause typically D three, um, there's, there's really not much of a path after that. Right. So I kind of, doing my fifth year of school, I was, I was kind of like, oh, basketball is like, I guess it's just done. Yeah. Um, but then after that fifth year, I graduated uh, and I went for the tryout. And one week later, or like 
at the tryout, they told me I made the team. I freaking cried like a baby. I was like, there's no way in hell. Like what? I actually <laughs> playing basketball. And my mom was there with me and we're just like, wow, my God, we're, we're doing the thing. And, and so, uh, then I moved to St. Louis a week later wow. and it was just like chaos, but like the best thing ever. Wow. Um, and then in St. Louis, I, I played basketball. And then once I was finally like, okay, I had one year to realize what it's like without having a basketball schedule. And I was just like, Oh my gosh, like this is what a normal human feels like. Right. <laughs> like it doesn't take over your whole life. Um, and then I came across the St. Louis slam, which is the St. Louis women's football team. And they were super awesome. I, I reached out and was just like, Hey, like, this is kind of like, like my background. And I think they already had tryouts. So I was just <sighs> trying to get my foot in the door to see if I could somehow have a, a, a tryout or whatever. Um, and so I ended up, I ended up trying out and then making the, the team. And then I, so I was addicted to working out and I ran a gym in, in St. Louis. And so those two things together just made me keep working out. And I ended up getting like a really bad hip injury. Oh no! So I couldn't actually end up playing football that year. Um, which then brought me up. So I, I, I got a degree in health promotion and wellness. I was, I've awesome. been working in the gym for many years from like out of high school to when I was in St. Louis, I then took a job with anytime fitness in Minnesota. Um, and that brought me up here in 2016. And then 2016, I, I, I was working at Anytime Fitness and I, I heard about the Minnesota Vixen. I reached out and I got, I was trying, I tried out for them. And ever since then, I like, can't look back. It's just like the, one of the greatest that's it's changed my life. And any rookie that joins our team now, I'm just, I, the first thing I say is like, you are about to go through some super awesome stuff like this, that's this cool. sport life. Uh, because it it opens you up to a whole new world, um, a whole new confidence, and it, you really realize how far passion can get you. Um, because we pay a lot of money to, mm -hmm. to play this game, and I think the difference between us and men, other than the money, right, uh, is we there's we're on the field because we super, we want to be there. Yes, we're not on yeah. the field to make a paycheck. We're not on the field to become famous. We're on the field because all of us are like, we finally get this opportunity. Yeah. And so we all come together and we all love it just as much. And it, it's fun. And we have so coaches. It's super hard to get there. Absolutely. And our coaches, they're not, I, I mean, they might get like a stipend, but it's, they don't get paid. They have to pay for their flights. So to me, that's even more amazing. Yeah. We have coaches. Yeah. I mean, they, they, they're not on the field. They're not playing. They're there to share that love of the game. And it's, it's, it's incredible. Uh, everything, everything about it. It's just like the experience, everybody's similar passion. Um, it's, it's just like, I guess I, I don't know how else to put it other than it's just, it's unbelievable. Yeah. And you guys are flying state to state playing teams from other states, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, wow. They they try to keep it to like one flight game, um, just so that people don't break their wallets, right? Um, and 
unfortunately, a lot of people don't like driving very, like very long, like eight hour games. Even if, there's, like, if we have to go to St. Louis, a lot of people are like, let me see how much that costs to get on an airplane. Cause yeah. like, nobody wants to be in a car that long. Um, uh-huh. So it's, it's, it ends up being like multiple flights, but we go to St. Louis, Missouri. This year we're going to Reno. Last year we went to Texas and then the championship games we had, uh, my first year I think was Pittsburgh. We've been to Atlanta. Um, last year was Canton, Ohio. So there's there's a lot of traveling involved. Um, which I mean, it's, you get it's paid fun. at all. What's that? You get paid at all? Yeah. Yeah, they pay, a, they pay to do it. They pay to uh, do that's it. That's what I'm saying. But they don't make any money. Like, no. All right. Here's one of my questions: If you get injured during a game, is there anything covering? You know, if if you get potentially in, damn. No. Well, their medical insurance. Let me tell you, if, if people yeah, start, they do, they do say like you have to show your proof of insurance because they don't want anybody, yeah. you know, coming on here with no insurance when it's such a high risk. Well, once people once people start betting, like on the, yeah, in, in the game, well, and if you guys keep the game as violent as possible, I'm telling you because the way the NFL is going, like it's that's why you can't even like I I don't I, well I haven't watched football really since Ray Lewis left because I was a huge you know like. I love yeah. the Ravens, but once Ray Lewis left and like, you know, Bernard Pollard, Ed Reed, and like, the, it just, it takes the wind right out of your sails. Like when Ray Lewis left, I was like, I'm fucking done. Yeah. <laughs> it's not even yeah. worth watching anyone. It's like, fuck it. Cause man, I remember when I was younger, watching Ray Lewis blast people was. The- yeah. Oh, he was a beast. I was oh a, my God. as a kid. So I grew up in Wisconsin. My mom is a, if you cheer for anybody else, how dare you? She's a Packer fan. She's gets mad at me for even living in Minnesota. Um, <laughs> but um, I was a huge Tampa Bay fan. I, and oh, like, yeah. Work done, Warren Sapp, John Lynch. Yeah. Like, those were yes. my people to watch. I, I I loved that. And John Lynch <laughs> used to f people up pretty damn bad because I mean they used to call it getting lynched. Yes, like, exactly. Like yes, to, like I watched something about that guy on. Uh, remember the NFL Channel used to have about you know certain players, and I watched something yeah. on John Lynch, and that dude, everything he did would be illegal as fuck today. I mean, he used to like hurt people, yeah. <laughs> literally hurt people. Yeah, and I think he's like an announcer now. Yeah. Yeah, he does he all those a nasty guy. <laughs> yeah, and you're like, oh, I didn't know those two people were the same. The guy that's announcing and the guy on the field, you know. Yeah, yeah, you're like, you're not friendly. <laughs> yeah, right, right. How dare you act nice? <laughs> yeah, I know, right? <laughs> yeah, I, I, you know, like Dick Buckus. I don't, I don't know. Any that guy people. used to fucking bite people back in the day. You remember Dick Buckus? In football? Yeah, from back in the day. Well, I mean, we weren't born yet, but like watching old footage and like hearing yeah. shit about him, the guy used to bite people, like oh, bite wow. the living shit out of people in the piles. Oh, wow. He's like, they would get their oh. hand near my face. And I'm just, ah. Well, yeah. Hey, don't do that again. <laughs> <laughs> it used to be so savage. Some exciting news, diary listeners. We actually got a wonderful promotional code from Reinventing the Tattoo recently, and we're happy to share this with you. It's 10% off on a subscription to Reinventing the Tattoo. And if you don't know about this wonderful, wonderful service, it's continuing education for working professionals, very geared around tattooers. But I would venture to say that if you are looking to improve your art skills and have regular momentum to your creativity, 
creativity and to your own professional education, I can't recommend it enough. One of the prime people that you will be critiqued by and helped with and draw with and all of that good stuff is Guy Acheson. And if you don't know about him, you probably should. He is a very, very pivotal person in our industry. I joined them for, for one exercise. I, I did a color study. I mean, Rico sat there and, and watched me the other night do mm -hmm. a, a color study exercise with Guy and company, and it was amazing. I was flexing all kinds of muscles. It's just all around if you want to improve your art skills. I can't see a better way than hanging out with a lot of professional artists and seeing the kind of work that they do and the kind of exercises they work on all the time. It's www.reinventingthetattoo.com backslash The Apprenticeship Diaries. So again, that's www.reinventingthetattoo.com backslash The Apprenticeship Diaries. And that's gonna save you 10% on your subscription. Go check it out, folks. Yeah. Uh, well, I, I think you're on to something, babe. And I definitely think that, uh, well, the, 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 the problem is, and we heard this the other night. So, um, we, we were watching hot, the hot ones, which is another interview podcast where they have people eat progressively hotter wings as they get interviewed. And, um, they were interviewing Mila Kunis and this one, and she was talking about her projects that she's had funded by NFTs and how that her community is what she has to actually, you know, please and make happy. But it's really great because, you know, they're all kind of in that together. Like it's this community cooperative that is kind of based on a more wholesome, um, you know, grassroots, authentic kind of community effort. And they asked her, they were like, what, you know, or they, Sean asked her, you know, like, uh, what, what is the difference between doing that and like, you know, the corporate world of, of, you know, studios. And so she's like, oh, it's, it's way different. It sucks doing that with the rest. Like everything's got to be evaluated by this person and then this person and then this person. And then by the time your idea gets to where it needs to, it's been so disseminated that it takes all the winds out of your sails that, that barely anybody wants to be involved. And it has to go through so many ladders and climbs and it seems like that's what it is with professional sports too. It's just that there's, there's so much that you have to like consider and so many people that you have to please and so many money bottom lines that it just takes all the fucking heart out of it. And the fans see it like they see it. And that's why like, he really was like, I, I, I don't enjoy doing everything gets flagged. Everything gets it's, you know, they're not even playing the game. Like, where's the game? Where's the heart? Where are they allowing these people? They knew that they came to play football. Let them play football, you know? Like, yeah, because the guys, like, in the NFL, they want to play football, but it's like, they do a hit. Oh, flag. Yeah. yeah. So here comes about another five minutes until the ball gets snapped again. Yeah, exactly. And the games just are forever. Yeah, and they're like, it, oh, the last time, now. the last like 13 seconds of a game was like 45 minutes long. You're like, come on. Seriously. Yeah. And then, like yeah. I said, once Ray Lewis left, I was like, I'm done. Yeah. No, well, I, I'm I'm on board with the whole college sports thing. You like once in the NFL, you already hit the point that you want to hit. 
So now it's like, oh, cool. How much money am I going to get here? How much money am I going to get here? In college, you're still working for something. And even if you're not, if you're, if, even if you don't want to go in the NFL, you still know you want to get that championship because you're putting it all on the table now because you're not going to play anymore. You yeah. know what I mean? Oh, so, I think college athletes get paid now. I, I know that is. They just passed that. Tell, like, tell us what you feel. Cause I, I, I think it's good because the colleges make billions off those kids' names. It's like, well, come on. I, I think like Sam, honestly, because I believe that that's a misdirection of the, because had she not had a coach that was so focused on the win to provide the money for that college and rather the college focused on the fact that they are educators of young minds and hearts, and they're supposed to be turning up these people and putting them out into the world with an education, with a passion, with a direction and, and recognizing each person that does not deserve to be paid. It deserves to be honored in what that person is actually paying to get that education. Yeah. Well, I'm looking you know? at it from a business standpoint, not, yeah, but that's, but they're making money. Well, off I, those kids. I understand like, that they're but, off their name yeah, is what they're making the money off. That's not of what the they're colleges. in the business to do. They're in the business to educate. Well, they're, they're playing for the passion. <laughs> the college See, kids are playing for the passion, but it's like, if you're going to make money off their name, then you got to give them something. Well, I, I agree with that. And they're still going to play hard, you know, cause there's going to be more. Oh, well, money. hold on, hold on. So, <laughs> the money to me. So I, I can agree with both of you on that. Um, I do believe, though, that that's going to it's especially because it's the D1 athletes and typically men. Right. They're obviously like, yes, yes, maybe they are making their team and their school some money. But if you if you are going to start paying these athletes, that's going to you're paying their ego. Mm -hmm. You're you're giving them a reason to. Not do it for the passion you're giving, you're making them want to do it for the money. and. Also, I think that like we're paying them for the sports aspect of it, but this is actually the schooling part and they're already getting, usually the ones that are, would be getting paid. Those are the people that already have a full ride. So I, to me, you got paid. There are yeah. so many people, like my biggest thing dropping my full ride was now I have to, and I'm, I am going to be taking out student loans. That was the biggest thing for me. And like that shit sucks to pay off. I hated it. It took everything out of me. It took me making like working extra hours. And now these, these athletes, not only are they getting the full ride, they're losing passion for the game because now it's about money. Right. And like, I think that obviously they're still going to want to work towards the NFL to make bigger bucks, but where's the education piece of it? You know what I mean? Yes. Well, and, and that's why this is the apprenticeship diaries because I, you know, I went to formal education in school. I dropped out, but I found my rhythm in learning on-site professional education with a mentor and for pursuing things that were heart-based only. I can't, I can't buy into learning a subject where I'm sitting there going, why the fuck am I learning this? Like, why am I sitting here? And, and it's, it's all because of the business of schools. So like you're sitting there and you're, you're taking some fucking class to meet this qualification so that you can get this degree so that you can do what, and then, and then you're not even prepared when you get out there. And then your competition is all these other assholes who did the same thing. They all mm. paid the same amount or, you know, like it, it's just a nightmare and they're not even meeting people anymore. 
They're getting job resumes that are submitted on file via computer. There's there's no like FaceTime where you get to actually shake someone's hand, make eye contact, show them that you're passionate and that you want this thing. You've got it, it to me, apprenticeships, heart, all of that. The the key to I, I had my apprentice, she said to me once, and she was she was mad at me. So I'll give her this. Um she said to me, you're, you're not an educator. And I was like, I don't know what I'm doing right now. She's like, you're a facilitator. And I said, well, isn't it the same fucking thing? And she goes, no. And I thought about what she had to say. Now she recanted that statement later because I got squirrely about it. And I started telling a lot of people that that's what she said. And they were aghast that she said that to me. And then I think she was a little embarrassed. Um, So then she was like, you've been a great educator. You've been the best. And I was like, no, but I thought what you had to say, but my retort to her in that moment was, I don't believe an educator is about putting shit into somebody's mind and body. I think an educator is about pulling out and shining what's already there. I think it's about nurturing what, what a human being already has as gifts and talents and just giving that wing. So I guess I am a facilitator, but I, for me, that's more an educator than, than anything, because that's real. And that's something that I think, because we're all made so beautifully nuanced and different that it's, that's purposeful. We're, we're supposed to fill the gaps in what Mm -hmm. other people don't want to do. That's what makes it all work is that we're all different and we're all doing a thing and we're all passionate about that thing. If you do that, that is going to create an amazing society full of people who want to be there and want to help each other. So that's why I believe in this way of educating and this way of, of taking on and legacy producing and all of that stuff is that I, I really want to see that, you know, and I I think there's value, definitely value to, um, uh, what would you call it? Um, education, you know, like, uh, professional education and educators and things. I think there's value there. I think people should, um, be able to experience both. Mm-hmm. Um, However, I, th- I think it can be a lot more simple. And I think that uh, if we really wanted, you know, I don't know. I think people make it a lot more than yeah. it has to be. And yeah. just strip the bullshit. Let's get to the heart of what people want to do. And let's turn that shit up and give that shit wings. Like, that's what I feel like it needs. Like, you're not a cage. I mean, you, you might feel like a cage bird, but you got fucking wings, dude. Let me teach you how to fly and use them. And those bars will dissolve. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I, that is a very great point. Um, I like that a lot about the whole, like, it's not about putting things in, it's about pulling things out. Yeah. I think that, I think that's fantastic. And, uh, with, um, so like as a carpenter, I had to go through an apprenticeship mm-hmm. and, so that's why I was like a little bit confused because like some of those questions, it was saying about a, an apprenticeship. And I was just like, how did they know? Like, how did they know? I brought it up to you and you're like, cool. I didn't even know that's dope. Like what? And I was just like, oh yeah. Okay. Let me look closer. And like, I was like, I'm assuming this has to do with like just a whole, the bigger picture of most people that you're probably like talking with, but no, it, it really has to do with having a conversation and learning together and showcasing this really cool interaction. When yeah. you take the leap to understand or know another human being and dive yeah. deep, man. 
Yeah. That's what it's about. Like, I think people overthink it too. When I send them all these questions, they're like, fuck, I gotta like answer all of these. I'm like, no, I mean, it's just a, it's just an overview. (laughs) If I'm going to be completely honest, the day you sent it to me, I looked at it and went, whoa. (laughs) Then, then I haven't looked at it since. And then this morning I was like, maybe I should take a peek at those questions. Uh, I was like, oh yeah, this has a lot about apprenticeship. Oh, okay. Like, uh, she knows I'm a carpenter. And then I was like, never mind. Okay. You got it all wrong, Sam. So then I, was like, honest, nope. I don't even know what that sheet looks like. Cause I just like, you know, you didn't let make it. people talk. <laughs> you didn't make it. <laughs> yeah. And that's almost, but that's like, it's, it, I, I knew that if I, I'm an overthinker, like you would never believe it's, it's unbelievable. Um, and so I try not to, go too crazy. And when I say I'm an overthinker, I tell you, I had to take notes on my own life. I had yeah. to, I had to like write down like, oh yes, I am a carpenter mm-hmm. and I am a football <laughs> player. Yeah. And I was like, when did I start this? Oh yes, I did that. <laughs> Hurdles I do this in every life. day, but I forgot about, uh, forgot about that. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I've said this before okay. on the podcast, but I'll say it again just for you, because you know, I, I don't expect anybody to have researched this podcast because my hope is, is that you'll just have so much fun doing this interview that, that you'll shout us out because you'll know it's good for other people to do for themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's my hope because it's really a cool catharsis. And this is the part of my job that I don't think people really realize is, yeah, I get to tattoo people, but I get to spend hours learning about people and meeting them and connecting mm-hmm. them with each other potentially, because then I know this person and this person might work really well together. I did it in mm-hmm. hair too, but, um, the, the thing of it is, is like, you're not alone. Most people are like that. I actually took uh, a step into a fear and I joined Toastmasters because I wanted to be better at public speaking. And one of the qualifications to get your competent communicator certificate is that you had to write an inspirational speech. And I was daunted because I was like, I don't inspire anyone. What the fuck? How can somebody get inspired by me? You know, like, and it's the same thing. Right. Well, I mean, but that's the thing is that like, you, you don't, you don't think of yourself as the inspiration. And that's why I wanted you to get on here and anybody that I interview, because it's about validating your story. When you take notes like that, because that's exactly what I did. My boss at the time, he was like, Amy, get the fuck out of here. Just do a timeline of like five years, your past five years of your life. I guarantee you, you'll find an inspirational speech. Okay. Like just go over what you've done for Christ's sake. And and that's what I did. I did a timeline and I looked at all the things that I had done and was like, holy shit, dude, I've done a lot of things. And all I did was get up there and I talked about it. And I actually under talked about it because in Toastmasters, they have a time limit. Like you have to talk at least three minutes and not over five. Well, that's part of the public speaking thing is that you kind of got to know your timing. I've never been that good at that. Um, So I cut it short, but at the end of it, everybody kept coming up to me and being like, dude, I want to hear more. My daughter needs to meet you. Like it. And I was like, Oh, I I fucking did. I just talked about what I do. So that's why I wanted to have you guys on here because one, you're doing something that does take all passion. You are asking for your community to uplift you in a way that's really, really cool because it is all passion. And Mm -hmm just to find out that your carpenter too was like a bonus. That was like a happy, whoa. And what type of carpenter? I hit the nail. <laughs> uh, so, 
So this is, this is, uh, uh, in my, I am a finished carpenter. I'm going to say that. Okay. So what does that mean? That means like, if you look in your bedroom right now, you got a closet, the doors, you got the trim, all that. I, that's the stuff that I do. Uh, cabinets, uh, what else? Just fine detailed stuff, Mm -hmm. trim work, molding, that kind of stuff. Um, and I did it for a couple years and then there was somebody that was like, Hey Sam, um, I have a friend that is redoing their bathroom, right? Never in my life have I touched a bathroom. Okay. Other than putting a door in and a cabinet, but like, I haven't done tiling. I haven't done any of that stuff. And so I went over there to look at the door stuff, the molding, all that kind of stuff. And I was just like, if I'm, if I'm being honest with you, I'd love to work with you and do your bathroom. Like I, these are things I want to learn because sometime in my future, I want to like be able to flip houses and do all of it. Nice. So she, she totally gave me that opportunity and it took months and so much energy. And I didn't like, I didn't want any help because I need, I learning from me physically doing. Mm -hmm. And so it was very, very stressful, um, but it was super, super fun to see the very start and then the very end. Um, And I look back at it now and go, that was miserable. I did not enjoy that. Do you have any cautionary tales like within things that you can just give people as like a nod that maybe they wouldn't know? Watch your thumbs. Uh, yeah. Yes. Uh, keep your fingers, keep your fingernails. <laughs> yes. Uh, that's a good one. Um, no, I, uh, I, I like to take a leap and I think that it was a very, um, it was, it was growth for me. It mm-hmm. was stressful and I didn't, I didn't enjoy it the whole time, but right. to see the end result was really awesome. So like, as far as cautionary, I say, always take the leap. I, I wouldn't say that if you feel like you can do it, do it. Do so it. I, I wouldn't say, I wouldn't say hold back on it. Or I would say, watch your thumbs. That would probably be the biggest. <laughs> um, but uh, after that bathroom, I said, I'd never do it again. And then I had a friend say, Sam, I'm redoing my bathroom. Can you do it? And I said, yes, because I don't know how to say no. <laughs> and so I was like, Oh shoot. And my girlfriend is already mad at me because she's like, that took a lot longer than we thought. And then, He's the one that was like, oh, our friend needs help. We should do that. So I said, like, yes. Babe, I got all the tools now. What, like- yeah, yeah. And now I did one. Now I know what to do. And then so I did it. And it was another couple of months of misery. And <laughs> but we got her done. And you get to see the start and the finish. And you're like, that went, that went through hell. But it's done. We did it. And I mean, as side work is pretty good money. That helped me pay oh, off yeah. my student loans. But um, awesome. yeah, no, that was... I would, I would never say to anybody, um, like, don't go for it. Like if, like, like I said before, always take the leap. You're going to learn so much. Well, that's the thing though, right? Is that, you know, kind of the, the paralyzing, what if I know we've tried to do projects around the house and he is, he is my opposite completely. I'm the, like, all things are possible. I'm doing it. And he's like, wait a minute, babe you didn't think about this. And I'm like, hang your, hang your reservations. I will. And I'm just like, we'll we'll figure it out when we get there. And he's like, no, I mean, I feel like this is a big thing. Like you should probably consider, but that those kind of, you should probably consider that 
these are the things that stop people from taking that leap. Those like, what if I hit two rocks on the way down or like, you know, like, well, you, I you take will. calculated risks. Well, but the thing of it is, is like, <laughs> sometimes though, it's those moments where you just have blind faith and that, you know, like I know, and that's part of the podcast too. Don't be, we were talking about it last night. If I smoke something, like we we're weed smokers. So if I smoke something, smoke I'm not going to, I'm not going to be deluded about what that's doing to me. Like, I'm not going to be deluded that that's, you know, I clean my bowls out and stuff. That shit is in that bowl. It's going to go in my body. Hold on. Sorry to cut you off. What kind of cup is that? My cup. Yeah. What was that? My cup. <laughs> Oh, it looked different for a second. I was like, what the fuck was that? <laughs> that is a really top. <laughs> it looked crazy. I was like, whoa. Oh, so you just saw like this whole part. <laughs> for those listening, it's, it's a just, water jug. It's a water jug. <laughs> it was a weird angle. And like the cup, it just it looked like something really cool. I was like, whoa, whoa. What is that? <laughs> it's well, water. The thing of it is though, is that like Getting back beyond the cup. He's my ADD king too. Um, (laughs) (laughs) If you're deluded about the fact that there aren't going to be bumps in the road, then, then yeah, you're going to get, you're going to get really disillusioned the second you start and you hit that bump in the road. But if you already in your head go, I know there's going to be bumps. I know there's going to be hardships. I know that there's going to be unexpected things, but this is a fun journey. I'm taking a leap. I'm taking, I'm taking a leap into what I know I can do. And I'm going to be proving myself something to myself, which although I don't watch football and I don't really watch many sports, the amount of respect that I have for athletes and, and sports players is beyond dude. And Mm -hmm. especially team sports, because that's like next level. That's delegation. That's everything you need to know to work in a, in a, in a team effort, no matter what you're trying to do, you know, carpentry. I mean, within doing a bathroom, I'm sure you had to consult a plumber or learn about plumbing. Like there's so many different things that you have to interplay in order to create a home that, that takes electricians, plumbers, you know, people of different attributes that you have to come together to do this thing with, or you have to learn each of those parts yourself. And Mm -hmm. as a person who plays one part of a team, you'd be like, I mean, I got to be the quarterback, the linebacker and the wide receiver. It's not possible. I have Mm -hmm. to learn how to work with all these people. So I think it's really cool, you know, the things that you've chosen and how you've learned all of them. And, and I identify with it because like you, I have to get my hands dirty. I have to get in it to hack it. And I am just blind eyed, you know, bright eyed and bushy tailed going into it because fuck it, dude. Like if I don't go into it thinking I can, I might as well not even start. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's what people say when tattooing, they're like, aren't you scared? I'm like, dude, if I thought about all the things that could happen, do you think that I'd be doing this <laughs> no yeah yeah no. That, that's, that's other people having doubt which you know that means they they, they probably doubt themselves too right mm-hmm. um, and one thing that um i think is uh i don't I, I you know what i don't know if it's going to be a strength or a weakness yet <laughs> you guys can make that judgment um but something that i use to get to where i am i suppose is if somebody challenges me in any way, I am stupid competitive. Like yep. 
Um, the best example is that if somebody says, um, you can't run a marathon without training, right? I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> I'm signing up for next year's marathon, <laughs> right? Right. <laughs> so, I don't like running that much. Do I want to run in a marathon? Absolutely not. But as soon as somebody says anything about that, I, I'm like, sign me up for it. I'm going to prove you wrong. <laughs> and it was the most miserable thing I've ever done. Yes, mm-hmm. yeah. it was. Absolutely. Jeez, My legs people go so hard. bad. What's that? Those people, those marathon runners, and they go hard. Well, They'll be it, shitting on themselves. My guess is you did it without training. <laughs> you did it without training. So, of course, it was miserable. There, absolutely. that, And, and yeah. a lot of people are like, oh, these things that could have happened to you because your body's not used to that. I was like, I, I don't want to hear that now. I was like, yeah. those would have been good warnings going into it. I just had it. that person in replay Adrenaline. saying, you can't, you can't, you yeah. can't. And I'm like, I fucking can. Yeah. It actually <laughs> my, <laughs> My, it was my best friend. Uh, her name's Kirsten. She she uh, she's the she was the quarterback my first year for the Vixen. Uh, we became super tight, and we were actually watching the marathon. Um, somebody told me a couple years prior to that that you can't run a marathon without training. But so the the marathon runs past our house, and so we went outside. We were eating donuts, just being fat eating these donuts while all these people that are super fit are running past us. And I was just like, I looked over at her. I said, you know what? I'm running this next year. (laughs) Now that you said that, you know, you're going to do it. Right. I said, absolutely. Yeah. And so at that moment, it felt really good to say that as I was eating a donut, watching people run by. And then it was like next. And that was in October. So then it was like August. And she was just like, have you signed up for that marathon yet? And I was just like, I thought you forgot about that. Uh, <laughs> nope, I'll do that right now. So I signed up for the marathon and it was a couple months later that I ran it and I'll never ever do it again. But um it was a that was a like that bathroom. What's that? <laughs> just like that bathroom. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> that I again and did ju- directly after. Yeah, yeah, that's how that turns out. Um, but that's <laughs> I literally do that for everything. Somebody says you can't do it, and I'm just like, don't say that. Cause now I have to do it yep. <laughs> just that I couldn't. Well, it's the only way to get to like kind of atone yourself too for all the other runners that were watching you as they're running a marathon, as they're looking at you on the sidelines, eating a donut, watching mm-hmm. them. It's the only way to be like, okay, motherfuckers, I will run this next year. Yep. Make good on the fact that I am literally eating a donut. As you're I'm taunting you. <laughs> <laughs> I know you want this donut. I know you do. <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> it's the only way to make good on that. Like, I yeah. think that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. It, uh, it was good motivation. And, and as far Rico was just saying, um, uh, people shit themselves. Right. Yeah. And that is, that was a fear of mine. I was <laughs> like, I haven't done this before. I know that at some point in this four hours, I'm probably going to have to shit running and turns out my body was very nice to me that day. I didn't have to do that, but there was a very old gentleman that was running in front of me that had poop running down his, I was just like, that's hardcore, man. Uncomfortable. Like, like how is like, do you have a diaper on? 
Do you, are you just, is it just free floating in there right now? Running down your leg? How are you comfortable? He probably didn't know it between the, sh- the sweat. And no, the like, shit. He probably young people couldn't... will shit themselves. It doesn't no, matter. Know, just go hard, man. It's fucking I'm... hardcore. Plus, are you really going to fuck with somebody that's got shit running down their leg? Like, they don't give that many fucks. And no. what? You yeah. Say and they're covered yeah, that, That's true. That, yeah. They don't... <laughs> <laughs> it just it just kind of really lets you know where you're gonna stop at first when you're done you know yeah. like okay like i you're not gonna give me a hug there's priorities <laughs> that, was, that, that is the worst part about a marathon i was i saw the freaking finish line and i was like the moment i get to that stupid i'm falling on the floor and someone's yeah. gonna carry me to the car that's what's gonna happen like i'm passing but they the have it set up so that you have to walk like half a mile so that you're like <laughs> Don't just shit out on you. And so I was like, this isn't actually the finish line. Then you fuckers. Like I have to walk yet. And so I couldn't even see my people yet. Oh, but that's better for you in the end though, because if you notice after horse races, they don't usually stop the horse. The winter circle goes around. They have to walk them down. Cool down. It's not good for you to to, to stop. Um, I know you want to. Yeah. I didn't give a shit. What was good for me at that moment in my life. How many miles is a marathon? 26.2. That's what I figured. I was like, it's definitely over 20. I'm gonna, yeah, that's fucking insane. I'm gonna make a pack to do that to get up to that just walking every day. I'm gonna make that challenge for myself because I started walking on my treadmill. I want to get to a point where I walk a marathon. Um, oh, hell yeah. yeah. Now, prepare yourself. Own. That's gonna be that's gonna be a lot of like hours involved. Yeah, yeah, yeah. so it's totally doable. I Way totally more think- for me than anyone else, too. Because I if you have a, if you if you have a Netflix, <laughs> you have a Netflix show that you like to watch. I, have, I like podcasts, man. And I like Joe oh. Rogan. So hours, I will have Netflix hours. Netflix marathons. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, Jesus. put a freaking Netflix in there. Put your podcasts on. Just like I listen love to Nicki Minaj. Netflix. I can, I I can, can hear on repeat. I can't do treadmills. I get motion sickness. The second like I tried to walk one day, I walked like two miles on a treadmill and I put it on like full incline. Yeah. So like it aggravated my Whoa. hip flexors, number one, the next day. But as oh, soon yeah. as like I hit the two mile mark, I just hit stop and I jumped off and I was like, Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> I was uh, like the room spinning. Oh, no, I was holding it down. I just, I, I just kept walking around the house. I was like, yeah. oh my god. I was like, I feel like I need to stay moving, but I was about to puke, dude. You got an equilibrium yeah. issue. It's something in your head, probably that doesn't allow your balance. Oh, it's just weird because like you're, you're walking, but things are not moving. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that is, yeah, I guess if you look at it that way and then all of a sudden you get off and you're like, well, things move again. What the heck? Yeah. <laughs> can I, see that. It, might, it might actually be your glasses too. Like, um, no, I don't know. I don't have a problem. No, I'm out a- on the boat. Like, and I've been on a rough water. It's just a fucking treadmill, man. Like I get on a sta- uh, stationary bike. I'm fine. Treadmill fucks my whole world up as soon as I step off. Cause I just well, stop immediately. Walking on a, if you're biking, you know, everything is still, you're, you're not, your upper body is not like doing one of these like, yeah, weird things, exactly. right? but if you're on a treadmill, you're still kind of like going up and down every step that you take. Yep. And like, as soon as like you get off, you're not doing that anymore. Yeah. I can totally see how that would yep. mess with yeah. your head. FYI, if you take mushrooms, which I don't recommend people do unless they really are prepared to take mushrooms and have a good Sherpa. When you walk on mushrooms, that's how it feels. It feels like you've just gotten off a treadmill. That's how it feels. It feels like you're like walking on the moon. 
It's very oh, on the moon. Just after, you know, FYI. Nice. wants to know what walking on the moon feels like. <laughs> like gravity is different right now. <laughs> That'd be cool to go to the moon cool. and just have a basketball hoop like mounted and just like have like hundred yard like dunk competition. <laughs> I use drugs. I don't abuse them. <laughs> and I, I would say, you know, just don't, you know, monitor your expectations. Like One I thing- used to do drugs still do but i used to too (laughs) (laughs) i know i i do less now and i'm a lot more like "Eh, i don't really need to do that that wraps up part one please be sure to catch the conclusion of our time with sam barber next week Thanks for listening. You can find The Apprenticeship Diaries on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Our IG is the underscore apprenticeship underscore diaries. If you would like to offer constructive criticism or an interview, drop us an email at theapprenticeshipdiaries at gmail.com. We We look look forward forward to hearing from from our listeners. listeners.